This is The Political Insider with Bill Ballinger. The Political Insider is your inside source on politics from the White House to the State House and all points in between. If it's in the headlines, The Political Insider will have the story. Let's get started. Here's Bill Ballinger. Greetings, weekend political warriors of Michigan politics and government. Well, the excitement continues. Almost all of it related to Michigan's battle against the coronavirus scourge. Two weeks ago, as you may remember, attention focused on the legislature's decision to cut short Governor Gretchen Whitmer's request for a 70-day extension of her state of emergency executive order. Instead, the legislature approved extending it only to April 30th, which is coming up next week. Then, so to April 30th. So a lot of potential fireworks coming up next week when the legislature reconvenes. But guess what? We are now today taping Friday, and there's fireworks already. The legislature has unexpectedly reconvened today to respond to Whitmer's announcement. Also today, that's when she says she's going to make the announcement of how she wants to extend her stay-at-home order and that probably she's going to extend it in a matter of minutes to May 15th. More on that later. Now, last week, you may remember the big story was the mass demonstration of the state capitol by 4,000 or so protesters angry at Whitmer's stay-at-home order which they contended is too steep a price for the state's economy to have to pay. The huge rally tied up traffic for hours in downtown Lansing, and it drew national attention. This week, the main event was something that sounds pretty pedestrian. At least this week's big event until today was what I'm going to mention, and that is, guess what? The filing deadline for candidates because we have elections this year, people. We've got an August primary. We've got a May 5th election just in a matter of days. And we've got the November general election for everything from the U.S. Senate, President, Congress, State House of Representatives, judges, a whole bunch of local offices. And the coronavirus managed to enter into even that because a federal judge, Terrence Berg, ordered that Michigan candidates who cannot pay a filing fee by last Tuesday's deadline to appear on the August 4th primary ballot and who filed a statement of organization before March 10th, they can submit only 50% of the requisite number of signatures established by law And the judge also extended the filing deadline to May 8th, and he said the electronic signatures mechanism for collecting signatures on petitions ought to be considered. Now, the state has appealed the judge's ruling, and that is being fought out in the courts even as we speak. Meanwhile, the Secretary of State has refused to cancel the May 5th regular election. 
So all that is going on. And later today, as I've just mentioned, and I'm making it very clear, we're taping on Friday. You're going to hear this over the weekend, but why pretend? I might as well acknowledge that we're doing it on Friday, but you can hear what was happening just 24 to 48 hours before you're listening to this, right in the middle of the confrontation between the governor and the legislature in the Capitol. Governor Gretchen Whitmer is expected to announce in just a matter of minutes along with an emergency powers resolution extension, the ability for Michigan residents to golf and motorboat as long as proper social distancing measures are followed and other safety precautions are made. This is a prediction of what she's going to say. In other words, she's loosening up her stay-at-home order to a little extent. The governor is also expected to allow the paint and gardening sections of larger stores to reopen if safety precautions are followed, which is a dial back, as I said, from her executive order. It was called 2020-42, which generated significant public agitation like the demonstration at the Capitol last week. And the rally, by the way, at the governor's residence just this week. So the the Secretary of State and Whitmer adjustments come as the Senate and House has just convened this rare Friday session in which the Senate is prepared to pass a pair of bills that will eliminate the state's 1945 Emergency Powers Act and reduce the number of days the governor can issue an emergency order without legislative approval from 28 to 14 days. This session was not supposed to be held until next week, April 30th. However, legislative leaders agreed to return today to stay in compliance with what is legally defined as the five-day constitutional waiting period between the time a bill is passed one chamber and when it can be passed by a second chamber. It all sets the stage for this. If talks between the legislature, such as they've been, and they've been almost non-existent, talks between the legislature and the governor on how to extend the emergency order fall apart on or before April 30th, which is next Thursday, the legislature would be in a position to pass and send to her legislation that would restrict her powers. Now, you can be sure that Whitmer will veto any such bills. And I've got to tell you, the legislature will not have the two-thirds majority vote in each chamber to override her veto. So, We're getting to the point where it looks like the governor is going to acquiesce slightly to what the legislature has been demanding and make at least these two changes that I've just mentioned, allow small motorboats as long as users keep social distancing guidelines and let large stores reopen sections of the store where furniture, gardening supplies, and paint is sold as long as stores are managing traffic and distancing and customers wear masks. In other news, 
as I said, around 75 or 100 cars rolled by the governor's residence in Lansing's upscale Moores River Drive neighborhood Thursday to protest the perceived overreach of the governor's stay-at-home orders. So in the middle of all this, let's note two statistics. I know you've been bombarded with statistics nationally and here in the state. You probably don't want to hear any more, but we are now in Michigan the highest unemployment rate in the entire country, 17.4%. That's the highest in the country. And we have had the third most deaths attributed to COVID-19, the coronavirus, of any state in the country. So we live in tumultuous times, and what is going to happen later today is going to be astounding, what's going to happen over the weekend, what's going to happen next week in the confrontation between the governor and legislature remains to be seen. Uh, We've got something unprecedented. It's never happened before. And I will be back in a minute with our first of three guests today, all of whom are going to be able to comment on this at greater length. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Political Insider with Bill Ballinger on MTN. Here's Bill. We have returned with a really interesting guest. Jeff Timmer is the principal of Two Rivers Public Affairs, CEO of that outfit. And he has an incredible history in Michigan politics, reaching back decades. Jeff Timmer, thanks for being with us. Glad to be with you, Bill. Okay, Jeff, you know uh, what's been going on here (laughs) the last month or two. Coronavirus, COVID-19. Let me just ask you a broad question. Uh, What is your reading on the impact of coronavirus on Michigan, and particularly Michigan politics and government during this time, and even today? Well, you know, just today, I mean, I've been busy this morning uh, injecting myself with Lysol and bleach, and so it's been a little <laughs> bit hard to keep up on the news. Um, and so, uh, you know, forgive me if I uh, tend to have some kind of reaction to that during our, our talk this morning. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it, it's, it's certainly been a, a crazy time, and I, I – you know, I've been a longtime Republican. I've spent 30 years helping elect Republicans in Michigan. I, I directed the Michigan Republican Party for four years. And uh, I think uh, Governor Whitmer has, has largely been doing a fantastic job. Uh, not perfect, uh, but she's been doing a far cry better than what we've seen from the, the Lysol injecting uh, recommendations from uh, the, the, the Daily White House jamboree. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, the the standoff that's brewing today, um, I I think I would rather side with uh, Governor Whitmer, who's getting more and better information than uh, the, the legislative leaders, I'm sure. Okay, well, let's kind of combine your observations there. I mean, in other words, uh, going into the coronavirus epidemic, 
even before that hit, you were, as I take it, not a fan of President Donald Trump. <laughs> and in fact, and in fact, back in 2018, you say you voted for Gretchen Whitmer uh, over Bill Schuette, who was the Republican nominee for governor in 2018. And you just said, of course, that you think, by and large, Gretchen Whitmer has been doing a really good job managing this crisis. Uh, so I'm just asking, where are you in the political spectrum right now? Uh, you you claim, from what I've seen, that you will never become a Democrat, <laughs> but you are not siding with anybody strongly identified with the Republican Party right now. So what are you waiting for, for the Republicans to come to their senses? Well, I call myself still a, uh, a Reagan conservative, and I do, don't think that that describes uh, the Republican Party any longer. And so uh, I think I've, I've been excommunicated from today's Republican Party. Um, I, I would still, in my mind, consider myself uh, a uh, – I identify as a Republican, even if the, uh, the party no longer represents me. Uh, but in today's political lexicon, I, I've called myself an independent. I don't agree with the Democrats on most big issues. But on, today on matters of character and leadership, uh, I certainly think that uh, uh, politicians like Gretchen Whitmer or Joe Biden are, are like uh, apples to rutabagas compared to the Republicans. Well, bringing that dichotomy up to today, I mean— the Republicans in the legislature, let's let's give them a little credit. They seem to think they are, and maybe they are, protecting the state's economy, which is in a free fall. And they claim especially outstate. And I think you are headquartered in Portland, Michigan, which is in Ionia County. They claim that these orders from Governor Whitmer are over the top. There should be some geographical distinction between Southeast Michigan, where three quarters to 85 percent of the cases of coronavirus are being identified and where at least that many deaths are being recorded to compare the rest of the rest of the state, 80 counties, where there are some counties like either with no cases reported or one or two. And they say it makes sense, common sense, to stop this shutdown of the Michigan economy any longer. It's killing us, and it's actually going to result in more deaths than coronavirus once this whole thing is over. What do you say to that? Well, I think the science has shown so far what we don't know about the virus has, has been astounding. And these, you know, having a, a, a stay-at-home order in some portions of the state but not the other seems to me kind of like having a peeing section in part of the pool but not another. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, uh, you know, I, I really think that having everybody, everybody in the state, everybody in the country is, is concerned about the economy. It's foolish to suggest otherwise. But corpses stacked like cordwood in overflow morgues is going to hinder economic recovery. So we need to do this smart. We need to do this according to the science. And th that's the only way we're going to recover from this. It's not, we can't, we can't ease restrictions because we're frustrated. I'm damn frustrated. I'm locked in a house with four teenagers. But 
you know, this we've we've done it for six weeks. We've got to do it longer if necessary. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves back in this position with more deaths and more economic devastation. Well, at this point, it looks like Gretchen Whitmer may be recommending extending her stay-at-home order until May 15th, which is another two weeks. It's scheduled to expire on April 30th, and she wants to open up sections of big box stores, their gardening section, and she wants to allow motorboats to be used for fishing or whatever. Do you think that is reasonable, or do you think it's not enough, or do you think the Republicans are right that the stay-at-home order ought to end on April 30th. It sounds like she's taking a measured uh, approach to to easing the restrictions and trying to get us back to normal safely. Uh, if, if we're talking about golfing outside or going to an outside landscaping uh, store or, or whatever, uh, landscapers mowing yards, getting back into business, those kinds of things that seem to be able to be conducted safely makes a lot of sense. Well, now I'm going to switch gears slightly, but it relates to coronavirus, and that is this week, the filing deadline for candidates. You know, we actually have some elections going on this year. And, uh, in fact, that's another thing. The May 5th election is still scheduled, and Gretchen Whitmer and Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson have said they're not going to cancel it. Uh, The Republicans, uh, and particularly State Senator Ruth Johnson, a former Secretary of State, say the May 5th election should be canceled. It's too dangerous. Ironically, they're saying that the governor and Secretary of State are endangering precinct workers by holding this election on May 5th, that it should be scrubbed and combined with the August primary. And uh, a judge basically made it easier for candidates to file, uh, we're running out of time. What do you think, quickly? Doing is spending that time rather than arguing uh, about uh, about that, trying to figure out how to move to 100% vote by mail to make this safe for the election workers and keep democracy safe as well. Okay, listen, Jeff Timmer, we could talk about this forever. I wish we had more time. We'll get you back at some time in the future to mull over what has happened. Thank you, Jeff Timmer, principal of Two Rivers Public Affairs. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to The Political Insider with Bill Ballinger on MTN. Here's Bill. We have returned, and we are fortunate to have with us Dave Doyle. He is a former Michigan Republican Party chairman. He was a longtime vice president of Marketing Resource Group, and he is now president of D2 Strategy and Research. Dave Doyle, thanks for being our guest on The Political Insider. I'm glad to be here, Bill. Okay, Dave, uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, the scourge, the pandemic has been, you know, uh, engulfing us for two months. Uh, what is your reading on its impact on Michigan politics and government, and for that matter, the people of Michigan during this time? Well, it's had a huge impact on campaigns and candidates out there. You know, you've stopped all door-to-door campaigning. Um, 
people are trying to make all of their contacts over the phone, over the Internet. Um, and you've seen what's happened in Lansing, a couple of the strangest sessions we've ever seen with people <laughs> coming in, uh, you know, and being tested for their temperature and small groups uh, coming in. It's just a very, very odd odd situation. And of course, you know, the state of Michigan wasn't ready for it with the unemployment uh, system, which is still having problems for people. Absolutely. And, and in fact, I'll just mention, and I mentioned earlier in the program, we are now Michigan, the number one state in unemployment in the entire country, and we are third in deaths from the coronavirus. Uh, yeah. Let me just uh, bring us up to today. Now, I've acknowledged uh, earlier in the program, we are actually taping this between 10 and 11 on Friday morning, and uh, a confrontation is looming between Governor Gretchen Whitmer and the legislature. Governor Whitmer is scheduled to announce either later this morning or this afternoon whether she wants to extend her emergency order, stay-at-home order, which is scheduled to expire next Thursday, April 30th, does she plan to extend it, and if so, how long? And is she going to loosen some of the provisions of that stay-at-home order? There's some indication that she does plan to loosen it in respect to big-box stores and motorboats for fishing and that kind of thing. And the legislature is meeting today in an extraordinary Friday session to take up legislation and prepare itself for meeting again next Thursday, April 30th, at this point, to decide whether it wants to give her permission, which they think they have the power to do, to extend her order. Now, she is contending that they don't have that power. She can extend it without input from the legislature. How do you read what's going on in the looming confrontation between the governor and the legislature starting today, rolling into next week. Uh, again, craziest situation <laughs> I've seen in all the years I've been involved in uh, government and politics. Uh, you know, ultimately, the, the courts decide and the courts will decide, you know, probably after this is all settled, um, meaning the extension goes through. I assume that she will make some revisions to her crazy proposals, you know, that the restrictions she had last time. And you could go into a big box store, but you could only go down certain aisles um, and you could only buy certain things. Didn't make a lot of sense. You know, individuals couldn't go out and cut people's lawn, though you're encouraged to go outside and exercise. You could go out on a lake as long as you were rowing, but still go out by yourself, but couldn't do it if you had a motor. It's ridiculous, ridiculous uh, executive order. So the legislature's demand that these uh, provisions be loosened, I mean, they've talked about not just uh, allowing small motorboats and large stores to reopen sections, uh, for furniture and garden supplies and paint, but they've also said that they think retail operations 
uh, like takeout restaurants uh, could be allowed to operate. They could call ahead or place an online order, pick up the order curbside. Uh, there's also a demand that uh, uh, recommendations from cybersecurity and infrastructure in the security agency on identifying critical infrastructure sectors and essential workers could be loosened. I mean, do you think that's all reasonable? And, and the legislature has been saying, why not loosen up these restrictions outstate anyway, where, you know, 80% are largely unaffected by coronavirus, uh, as opposed to Southeast Michigan, where you've got this vast majority of deaths and cases being recorded. Yeah, they, they, they she surely should uh, ease the restrictions. You know, if you can go to Burger King to pick up your meal, why can't you go curbside to any retail operation? I see in Texas and Oklahoma and Georgia and a bunch of other states, they are starting to open that up. But, you know, the, the key on this is being safe. And, again, if it's safe to go to a Burger King or McDonald's or any restaurant to pick up food, why can't you go to any other retail um, industry to do, again, curbside pickup? Yeah. And there are vast differences, as you said, between uh, the Detroit metro area and the rest of the state. And I think the, uh, the governor is hurting herself politically by uh, treating all of Michigan exactly the same. You know, talking about being safe, there's a little bit of a disconnect between the governor's uh, demand for maximum safety and the fact that we've got a May 5th election coming up. And you've got uh, particularly uh, State Senator Ruth Johnson, former Secretary of State, saying this should be canceled. You're you're endangering uh, precinct workers who are being uh, exposed in a way that could jeopardize their health and maybe even cause death. And yet the governor and secretary of state, Jocelyn Benson say, no, the election should go forward. What do you think about that? Again, I think Ruth Johnson is right on the money. If you take a look at most of the people who man the elections, they're in the vulnerable community, the retirees, they have time to work on election day. And, um, you know, you have a lot of uh, Democrats saying that Republicans have caused deaths in Wisconsin by keeping that election open. But you're not hearing anything out of the Democrats about this May 5th election. I, I you know, I, I think Ruth Johnson is uh, right on the money. Move this to August doesn't hurt anybody. It makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, another thing. Particularly if the governor is going to extend her stay-at-home policy for another two weeks. Right. Another thing this week was a federal judge ruled that, uh, yes, it is too unreasonable to expect that candidates should have been able to meet the signature requirement on petitions to qualify to run for judge or to run for Congress or for a lot of local offices, 
And so he said, I'm going to extend the filing deadline. I'm going to override Governor Whitmer and extend the filing deadline to May 8th. And I'm going to cut the number of signatures required by 50%. And we ought to consider electronic signatures. What do you think about that? I think the electronic signatures is a, a real problem. Um, I, I think it opens us to, uh, you know, identity theft. Right. Take a look at, you know, requiring people to put date of birth, driver's license number, and everything uh, in there for organizations out there. Right. Listen, Not a, I, my fault for answering a question. <laughs> Right when we got to get out of the segment. But thank you so much, Dave Doyle, president of D2 Strategy and Research. You've been a great guest, great insights. Thank you, Dave Doyle. Good to be with you, Bill. This is MTN, and you're listening to The Political Insider with Bill Ballinger. Here's Bill. We are back, and we are very fortunate to have with us Representative Ann Boland. She is a Republican from Brighton Township. She represents the 42nd District, which is the city of Brighton and five townships in southeastern Livingston County. Thank you for being with us, Representative Boland. Thank you for having me, and happy Friday. Well, I don't know about happy, but it is Friday. Uh, you are a member of the Appropriations Committee. You're on four subcommittees. You're vice chair, I believe, of two of those subcommittees. But right now, it's all coronavirus, coronavirus, COVID-19, and you're in the Capitol. And as I understand it, you've got something to tell us about what Governor Gretchen Whitmer has decided to do with her stay-at-home emergency executive order. So what do you think? Okay, so that's true. Uh, I am at the Capitol to vote on a resolution today that would establish a bicameral, bipartisan uh, committee that would uh, oversee how COVID-19 has been handled and also how we handle it moving forward. Um, But while we're here doing that and taking care of the people's business, uh, the governor has come out and reissued an executive order that my understanding extends the stay-at-home until May 15th, but it also alter some of the other executive orders that allows and offer some relief, if you will. So some of the stores that have been selling non-essential goods can reopen as long as the customers order their goods remotely and pick them up. Um, so that would be garden stores, nurseries, and lawn care. Uh, pest control landscaping operations are also going to be uh, able to open back up with uh, subject to distancing rules. Um, some maintenance, sanitation, outdoor recreation. Um, also uh, looking at opening some additional business operations, provided that people maintain six feet distancing and to the extent possible with facility cleaning and uh, the wearing of masks. I have not read the order itself yet. It is really hot off the press. We weren't expecting it till a little later. Um, we knew that there was going to be um, some revision to the orders. Um, the governor had indicated an extension, but uh, that seems to be what we are understanding that um, what the order contains. Um, what I am concerned is it doesn't cover uh, necessarily what happens for upcoming May election, um, you know, uh, going to allow travel across the state, people to move freely about in a safe and responsible manner. Well, about that May 5th election, I mean, uh, your Senate counterpart, Senator Ruth Johnson, 
uh, former Secretary of State, has urged the governor and Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson, to cancel the May 5th election. You're a former township clerk. Uh, it seems to me that would endanger precinct workers even more than a lot of the stuff that the governor is loosening the reins on in her new executive order extension. What do you think about that? Well, uh, I agree with that, and I concur with Senator Johnson. Uh, I also plead, made a plea to the governor very early on to postpone the election um, from May until a later date. I understand I want to allow people to vote, certainly, um, without a doubt, but these are unprecedented times, and this is also not your usual election. It is a relatively small election by choice, mainly uh, for school districts. Um, they're usually dollar questions, millage questions, heavily overrides, things of that nature. Um, and to change our election system to accommodate um, in these unprecedented times. But I'm very interested in learning how the governor is addressing the May election. The original executive order said that clerks only had to keep one polling location open and didn't even require a notice to the voters. This is contrary to existence, existing election law. And why in the world, if we're in an era where I absolutely want every eligible voter to vote, I wish we could have 100% voter turnout. I want people to have trust in the system, but we're changing the rules here and um, not even necessarily getting to the voters. This is what matters. It's the voters and the workers, the precinct workers. Um, so it's been recommended that we have these elections vote by mail. But there are problems with that, too. And that's been clearly evident with the May election. And the issue of workers, the idea is if you uh, kind of condense to one precinct and one super polling location for walk-in voters, that um, we would cut down on the number of workers. Um, but it still is a matter of getting people to feel comfortable and safe coming to the polls, protecting our workers. And that means everybody that's involved in administering the election, the clerks, the election assistants the precinct workers, the receiving board, the people who set up the equipment. Now, talking about changing the rules, a federal judge early this week uh, said, you know what, uh, it's too hard for these candidates to get out and collect signatures on petitions to qualify for the ballot, for judgeships and for Congress and for a lot of local offices. So I'm going to extend the deadline for filing to May 8th, and I'm going to cut the minimum signature requirement in half. And I think the Secretary of State ought to come up with some rules to allow electronic signatures to be utilized. Uh, this is being appealed in the court, a federal court, right now, even as we speak on Friday morning. A ruling, I gather, is coming this afternoon. But what do you think about the federal judge's ruling and what it means going forward? I think he was wrong to disregard state law when he issued the order, lowering the signature threshold and extending the deadline. The process and the deadlines for collecting signatures to run for office are clearly laid out in state law, and that should not be disregarded. Many, many candidates announced their candidacies last year and had more than enough time to collect the signatures they needed the right way. It's wrong for a judge to just unilaterally change the signature collection process for the election at the request of a handful of candidates. I can tell you, I talked to numerous candidates across state about this process, and I encouraged them. We had seen no activity from the governor at all, no movement on this. And, you know, we shut down in March. So the governor was well aware that this was going to be one of the things that might have to be considered when the deadline was April 30th, past the submission of signatures. No action was taken to rectify it. I don't think it was the intent of the governor to hijack our election system. 
Um, but that, in essence, is what has happened. And, um, you know, our election process are with this, these executive orders, this pandemic, and this judge's ruling, I fear that they've been hijacked before most people have even bought their plane ticket. What do you think about electronic signatures? I do not think that we should allow for electronic signatures for a number of reasons. We currently do not accept electronic signatures. Secondly, not everybody has an electronic signature. How is the Secretary of State, in reviewing these state, these congressional candidates' petitions, going to verify the signatures? This is part of Michigan's checks and balance in our election system, yeah, and well, we need to maintain them. Yeah, well, back to the question today of Gretchen Whitmer's extension of her order and some modification. How do you think the legislature is going to react to that? Does the legislature, in your opinions, have the opinion that it can stop the governor's order from going forward? And do you think she will just assume she has the power to do it and insist on it? Will there be litigation? Is this going to drag out? If so, for how long? Well, here's the thing. First of all, we all work for the people of the state of Michigan. Every one of us, a state senator, representative, the governor, we were all elected by the people. We need to find a way to work together. The governor does seem to have the authority and is exercising her authority. However, I think that the legislature somewhat argues that. That's why we have established this committee by resolution today, and there are some bills that are going to be up in the Senate today to overturn one of the rules. I do not think that the people of Michigan thought that the legislature would have absolutely no influence on a pandemic or an emergency order of the magnitude. We have shut down our state, the entire economy. We have told families you can't gather. There is something very wrong with such extreme orders. Well, look, I agree that you you could very well pass the bills that you're talking about, but she's going to veto the bills. You know she is, and you don't have the two-thirds majority in each chamber to override her. No, she will. And that's why my focus is really how, what does it look like? How are we going to operate once we move through this? I think that the governor has made a statement today that she is interested in reopening the state of Michigan by allowing some of our businesses to start working again. Michiganders want to get back to work. Um, We have a lot of work ahead of us. Um, And a lot, you know, you mentioned that I sit on the appropriations. I actually sit on six subcommittees of the uh, appropriations and the appropriations committee. I have a lot of concern of what it looks forward. Right now, we, there is a lot of stimulus money in the state of Michigan is generating, and actually a lot of money has been dedicated from our general fund, $150 million from our general fund. Compare that to New York, that who has four times the cases that we have, and they've committed $40 million of their general fund. Wow. So it's already there. But there we is. do have to look forward. What does all this mean? At some point, the bill is going to come due. And I am not saying that... Public health is not a priority, but we also must balance the public safety and welfare and get Michigan moving forward again. Um, Our kids, uh, they're going to be behind in school. And it's not just for one year. We have kids, you know, are they going to be behind? If they're in the first grade now, all the way through their 12th grade education. Yeah, Representative, boy, we could keep going on this. I wish we could, but we're out of time. But I want to thank Representative Ann Bolin, Republican of Brighton, 42nd District. You have been a great guest, Representative Bolin. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you very much. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay strong. Keep up the good work. Tune in again next week for the next chapter.